0: Hi, folks. This week, uh, your content warnings are about ADHD and anxiety, plus the usual pandemic overarching pall upon our lives.
1: I don't know if, honestly, ADHD should be a content warning, because if I'm on the podcast, you are subjected to it.
0: That's, you know, we'll we'll let the listeners decide after I tell them that this is a house populated by animals— uh, one of whom is, as she usually is, asleep on my laptop. Hi, tiny orange. How are you? Yes, I know. I'm rubbing your belly. Um, so animal interruptions happen. They do. The other thing to keep in mind is that we swear.
1: Frequently. <laughs> passionately.
0: And with m- like. Gusto. Gusto. That was what I was working towards. Uh, so, you know, that's why we have to mark it explicit. So, hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 157. And we get to catch up with former guest Claire Miller later this episode. Woo! Uh, That's going to be... It was a lot. I was re-listening to it today while I was working. um, And Claire left me two Easter eggs for the editing review, and I thought they were so funny, I just left them in for everybody. Because they're great. Okay. They're uh, a lot of fun. So there's that. Oh, Hound has shown up with great gusto.
1: Um, Yeah, Hound is beautiful.
0: So um, I think I've been having a good week. I've done a couple interviews. I have uh, been making slow but steady progress on my current project.
1: You revamped chicken coops this weekend?
0: I did revamp chicken coops this weekend. That uh, That was a lot of work very tiring
1: and we actually did a lot this weekend we mm. we we built a uh, uh the you built the the box spring we replaced mattresses then we lugged all the old mattress stuff to the dump there was a yeah, lot well
0: yeah first there was taking apart the old mattress because it was a modular sleep number thing and moving that all down to the garage and then bringing up the kit for the new box spring and then taking up the new mattress now I don't know how many of you have done this, but these days, when you order a mattress online, it shows up in a compressed roll. And they're like, okay, just cut it open, and in about two hours, it should reach regular size. And I'm looking at this thing going, how big is regular size going to be? I mean, it's it's compressed down to maybe two inches thick and then rolled in a tube.
1: Yeah, it was it was, you know, the size of maybe a a long sleeping bag yeah or um
0: or our carpet roll
1: yeah a, roll a, of a carpet. short carpet roll yeah. not like a full length one
0: yeah um and so we're like okay so we managed to unroll this thing onto the bed and it's making this sort of squealy hissy noise and then i'm like okay cut it because Ursula has a scissors cut it open and uh you know, just be careful not to cut the actual mattress. And before,
1: like I made one incision, and it was just like hiss, and you know, <laughs> it, it, it 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 was it was like like what you always wanted those little sponge animals that like triple right? size in water to do. And yeah, then, but they took like two hours, and you and it wasn't like cool at all and this was amazing this just went like whew.
0: it went from two inches tall to what is it like
1: six inches you know mm,
0: it's more than okay, that okay
1: like eight or ten but yeah and, and which also led to another problem because um as it turns out because the box spring now sits on top of the frame instead of fitting down In into a, it
0: yeah because we went from a queen to a king but we didn't replace the headboard or any of that crap
1: yeah and because our uh our Mattress is suddenly a lot thicker. Um, the nightstands are very far away and distant and low, and uh, you you reach down to them and grope around for your beverage.
0: See, I, I don't have that much of a problem because I'm not allowed to keep anything on my nightstand,
1: right? Because Sergey the cat believes this is an affront to him. Yes,
0: and so he makes sure my nightstand is if my nightstand isn't completely clear. He will make it completely clear. That included, on several occasions, pushing the lamp off onto the floor.
1: Sergey's kind of an asshole. Uh,
0: so the other thing we did was I replaced the lamp.
1: Yes, with a wall-mounted one. With model. a
0: wall-mounted one. I've got a second one of those on order for your side of the bed.
1: Anyway, the point is, Kevin did a lot this weekend, and it was very productive.
0: Yes, in addition to my regular day job. Yes. So it's, it's been a big week. It's been a big week. Uh, whereas you had a book come out yesterday,
1: I did. Uh, well, Wizard's Guide okay. to Defensive Baking came out yesterday, day
0: before yesterday, yeah. when this actually goes live,
1: right, uh, Tuesday, and uh, it was really quite painless, um, for once. Uh, yeah, uh, I after you've done this a few kajillion times, like it really does get easier. And in this case, I mean, yeah, people found the typos. There are...
0: We always expect that.
1: Yeah, there's there's a spot where a character mysteriously changes name for a paragraph. and I completely
0: uh, missed that myself.
1: Yeah, and a rogue hyphen. And, you know, if that's the worst that happens, I got off lightly on the book. Uh, I've had books go with duplicated chapters before.
0: Yeah, um, and most of the time, most of your anguish with past releases has been typesetting.
1: Yeah. And, uh, or, you know, a book will go up and I had set it for pre-orders and then it comes out and I'm like, my God, that wasn't the finished thing. I had uploaded it and it just didn't go live. Oh God. Oh God. What do I do this time? I just made sure it was, it it was done before I set it for (laughs) pre-orders at all. Cause I'm like, I'm done with dealing with Amazon's pre-order issues and, uh, of which it has many. And so there was really no sweat over that. Um, yeah, I'll rejigger the manuscript and fix the typos and upload it, but uh, it's like, that is a, a compared to some of the stresses in the past, this is nothing. Yeah. And also, by the time you're at, like, you know, book, I was trying to do the math today and... Never do the math. Yeah, uh, including the ones that haven't been published yet, but that have been completed and handed in and whatnot... Um, i've written like 40 books and this is so after a point you know i don't know how many i have self-published close to you know at least what five or ten i don't know yeah something like that uh you're after Maybe a point. More. you're just like yeah got off lightly it's fine it's a book people read it they enjoyed it i got money life is good uh so yeah they, this one was pretty painless um and, yeah, and I've been making word count, and yesterday I was like, oh, God, uh, I don't know why, but I can't focus, and I'm exhausted, need a nap, oh, God, my meds have stopped working No, I had just forgotten to take them. Yeah. And this afternoon, I actually still wanted a nap because I had been out in the heat harvesting things, and... So I napped for, like, an hour, and then when I woke up, I was awake. It was not like when I don't take the meds when I'm like, oh, God, give me another 45 minutes, oh, God. It was like, I'm awake. All right, let's go. Uh, The the fact that ADD meds mean that I wake up, and instead of clinging to the bed and moaning, I'm just like, all right, let's go. Time's a-wasting is... Still one of the great astonishments of, yes. of medication. Like, who knew that was chemically mediated?
0: Um, It's a thing.
1: But I've been making word count pretty reliably for a week or two. Um, I'm harvesting veggies out of the garden. Uh, I'm not unhappy. So, yeah, I mean, life, <laughs> I think for a lot of people right now, life feels like a holding pattern just because the world is on hold because of the pandemic but yeah yeah um i i don't feel like that for me well yeah and 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 perhaps less for me because you know then comparatively because you know obviously i can still do my job from home and so can you but yeah
0: and the chickens are still growing up and the eggs still need harvesting and uh the only difference is we're not leaving on an airplane this coming weekend for worldcon
1: would it be this weekend it would
0: be this weekend Really, this weekend is when we would we would have basically fly to New Zealand, and we would. I expected we would have spent next week doing touristy things. Yeah, like we do.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Look, if you're going to fly around the planet, you know, and tell the government that it's a business expense because of WorldCon, then damn straight you take the time to do the touristy things.
0: Right, and so that's. Um, you know, there was also some uh, – someone was going around on Twitter today, you know, say what you would be doing if the pandemic weren't here. And, of course, our friend Matt was, like, going to a castle in Ohio to play board games with friends for the yeah. weekend, uh, which is something that when we can, we really like to do.
1: Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, everything's on hold, but it's not – it's not bothering me that much right now. I mean, I think just because our lives are not that disrupted because we do kind of, you know, live in the countryside and not go out that often. And I have adjusted to the fact I work at home now and not at the coffee shop. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, it's stuff is going, we're doing okay.
0: Yeah. We, we actually have, um we have regular surveys about, uh, to all the employees about, uh our engagement and this is uh, Kevin's company. This is my company. We don't have any
1: employees. No. Except maybe the dog.
0: Um I'm not sure the dog qualifies as an employee.
1: Hound, what is your satisfaction level?
0: Are you petting Hound right now? Yes. Then it's very good.
1: Would be better if I was feeding Hound, but
0: you know. Yes, but but uh you know, yeah. on a on a scale of um poor uh, to excellent. Ex- excellent. That that's uh very good, you know, yes. with good or no opinion being in the middle. Um,
1: yeah. Yes. Sorry, you were saying surveys, and I just got distracted talking to the dog.
0: No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but one of the questions they were like is, um, you know, was at the very end was sort of a how? What can we do to help you deal with the pandemic? And I was like. I looked at it and the only answer I had was, you know we're okay yeah we're we're you know because of where where we are geographically um,
1: and the life we lead in general yeah,
0: we're okay now, if uh one of us had to work a job outside the house, that may be very different.
1: Yeah and it's very hard for friends. I mean our, our buddy Liz who's staying with us because she can't work because right. uh the you know I mean this is not a time to work retail if you have uh chronic asthma. Yeah. And uh so if she's going to lose her apartment where you know like that's absolute shit that is the way that life is and uh so that's why you know she's crashing with us among other reasons but
0: uh, I, I also did mention to Liz that uh if if another apartment and move is on the like horizon. schedules on the horizon someday, let's try not to do it in the middle of fucking August.
1: <laughs> yeah, August is is uh, yeah because cause twice now we've had to do it in August, and, and it's it's, it's uh, like it's very hot. It's I mean, brutal. we we would we we love Liz to pieces. We would help her move yes. a thousand times over. It's just. Oh, God, move in January next time.
0: (laughs) Or, 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 or April when it's not (laughs) 95 degrees, 34 centigrade for those of you
1: at 100% humidity. And um,
0: so that was a funny thing I was noticing on the statistics.
1: Oh, oh, tell the internet about what you have set up.
0: So I have, uh, I did break down and get a new weather station. I have uh, the Net Atmo weather station with indoor sensors and the outdoor sensor and all that. We and, really
1: like having our own sort of weather station just for our purposes, but yeah. the old one, uh, basically, I think it, it was either getting too much sun or something, so it was always too hot, and it thought we lived in a well.
0: Yeah, um, and then the the uh, water, the rain measure, got clogged up with leaves and crap, and which you know, it was a five-in. It was a five-in-one sensor with all the sensors in one package. Um, this actually, the Netatmo has a module just for doing rain and mm-hmm. just for doing wind and just for doing temperature and air quality. Um, so the temperature and air quality monitor, I can look at it and go, okay. Over the past week, what has the humidity been? And the humidity is a hundred percent right around nine a.m. Yeah, and then it drops down as the day progresses into the 60 to 80 percent range and then overnight well, so it's like crimes
1: are like staring now at your your speaker with your skin crawling off your body right
0: yeah but at night it slowly creeps back up to to 99 100 percent uh which is interesting because it, it when you're out there in the heat it feels like you're fucking swimming Oh, yeah. Right? I I go out, I walk to the chickens, and I stand there for 35 seconds, and I am just, like, starting to sweat so much I'm soaking through my shirt.
1: Yeah. This is the season when uh, you will reliably go through uh, two, three t-shirts.
0: If you're you're doing any outside activities, yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah, Saturday, even with all the in and out and back and forth between the chicken coops and the mattresses and bringing things in and taking things out, yeah, I went through at least three t-shirts. Yeah. Oh. So, um, but having the data now and being able to look at it and go, okay, how does that compare to other parts of the, the region, other parts of town, even, uh, it was interesting. I was in, I got tattooed, uh, last Wednesday and, uh, at the tattoo shop in North Raleigh, it was hundred degrees Fahrenheit at 7 PM when I was leaving. Yeah, 637. It was not that hot here. It was a several degrees cooler.
1: We are in a a, a wombat house's garden, at least, as a sort of as uh, a fairly stable microclimate that uh, because of the trees and location and everything else, um, it it cuts off the extremes, basically. It's in a lot not, of ways. It's yeah. not going to get quite as hot and it's not going to get quite as cold, uh, which is great if you're a gardener.
0: Yeah, it also means that sometimes there's snow at the end of the driveway, but not here.
1: Yeah, and ironically, um, Dog Skull Patch, where we've been doing work, is a few degrees cooler. Yeah, uh, like it uh, it runs colder than here, and which is not great for gardening. Uh, the same way, because let's face it, I I coax a lot of plants along that uh, that <laughs> probably don't necessarily want to grow in my zone, but I, I convince them that it's in their best interest to, but, uh, yeah, Yeah. but it is nice that because, uh, and part of what we're doing with the Silva pasture process is keeping up trees, uh, means that there's enough sort of dappled shade at all times Mm -hmm. that, uh, it's just cooler for animals there. And, uh, that's, that's what you want if you're you know, sheep.
0: Yeah, and then eventually, uh, when we can get a when the solar set up, and when we can get a semi permanent uh, power ish situation and internet situation out there, uh, I definitely want to put the same weather monitors out there.
1: Yes, so absolutely. that
0: I mean they'll have their own base station and, and all that stuff, but so that we can so that we can look at it and uh, make decisions with actual data. Oh my god. Yeah. Weird.
1: So. I just like it because, um, like, it's not such a big thing now because we have so much data pouring in from all directions about oh, yeah. everything. But uh, one of the ways that we, uh, the it's not phrenology, it might be phenology. Um, not the one where you study people's heads, but the ones you study the times that things happen in the season. Right. Uh, It was honestly journals like, um, uh, I fucking hate him, but Thoreau, uh, his Mm -hmm. uh, observations about Walden, about he kept and dated pretty much exactly when various things happened. And that allowed people today to go, okay, well, Walden Pond now, the ice breaks up, you know, two weeks earlier and such and such. Uh, So one thing I've been trying to do is occasionally I do weird little journal pages just about life and whatnot, and I started adding the uh, the temperatures, the high and the low to it, because, you know, this is the sort of thing that maybe in 30 years I'll look back and go, whoa, okay, it was, the low was 60 then, and yeah. the low now is 75. Okay, yeah, things really have changed. Because a lot of times, you know, as you get older, you, you have to try to decide was the difference when I was young nostalgia, or was I just not noticing because I was young and dumb and immortal, or was there a real difference? Uh, my stepfather used to say that he was like, I, he's like, I swear it's gotten worse. He uh, was like, I used to be able to be out and not sunburn for hours, and now you sunburn if you're just outside for, you know, an hour. What's What gives? And... He was convinced there was something different with the ozone layer. I mean, he might not even have been wrong. I don't know. Uh, he yeah. was 70-some when he died, so... He yeah. 80, so, uh, when he was young, would have been... Uh, God, I guess he was born in late 40s, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something 50s, like that. early 50s, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh no it would have to have been the late forties, so
0: Yeah. He was I can't remember if he was slightly older than or slightly younger than my dad.
1: Uh well he was your dad's not eighty. No. So he was older.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um in order for him to have been eighty when he died in two thousand eight.
1: He didn't die two thousand eight. I'm
0: sorry, two thousand eighteen. Oh yeah. 2018. I think
1: it was 79, but yeah.
0: Yeah, 79. He would have had to have been born in um, Hold on, I'm mathing.
1: All the all the mathematicians at home like are screaming at the speaker now.
0: 1940. 40.
1: Well, 1940 something anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, no, if he was 79 in in 1939.
1: Yeah. So. so maybe he was right, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh and <laughs> So I start recording these things now so if nothing else in uh in 40 years when I'm venerable I can go and look at the pages and go oh no it was it was actually warmer then or colder then yes. probably colder then Anyway, anyway, yeah, we still have to harvest potatoes, so we should move on to the next thing.
0: We should move on to the next thing, and the next thing is this absolutely great talk I had with Claire Miller. Um, let's see, this was uh, a little over a month ago, a month and a half ago, and it was our first chance to catch up in two years. It had been that long. Uh, I got a lot of catch-ups uh, coming up. Excellent. Uh, a couple more I've done, and so I'm really excited to share all of those with everyone. Uh, for those who don't remember, Claire is a librarian. And um, recently changed jobs, recently changed cities, um, and also, like all of us, uh, recently changed working situations in that job. Well, almost all of us. I mean, my working situation hasn't exactly changed. And
1: if you're an essential worker, you're still screwed.
0: Yeah, uh, but you you get my drift. And it was a a great talk, and I re-listened to it. And like I said, there are a couple Easter eggs in there that Claire was like, he might edit these out. So these are Easter eggs more for Kevin and uh, I hope you enjoy those as well cuz I thought they were fucking hysterical when I was you know listening to them earlier. Uh so we'll get to that right after this. here with Claire, who is coming back to us after it's been almost two years now, since you were on the show last. And That sounds right. Yeah, and, and some things have changed, and some things have not, and uh, before we, we go into the, uh, the, the review of, of what it is you do, what drove you to email in to say, hey, let's uh, do another one?
2: Well, uh, I decided that life was never going to be normal again, so we might as well meet up.
3: Okay. Uh,
2: Right, because I I changed jobs. That was one of the big things that changed. And I really wanted to take some time to get to know the new job and settle into a new routine. Mm -hmm. And after... Four or five months in the new job, I looked around and went, I don't know that I'm ever going to be settled into anything that approximates an old normal. So we might as well talk.
0: And it, and it was nothing about Alicia? Uh, no. no. Oh, wait, wait. Her episode hasn't come on yet, I don't think. Uh, Mel. Or maybe
2: I'm not caught up yet because maybe. I'm about four episodes behind Pretty Kid's. Consistently because I've stopped driving.
0: Because you've stopped driving oh well yeah, haven't we all? Yeah, no, I had um not Emily. Come on, where are my nuts? Brooke. I had Alicia on not that long ago. She's like, Oh yeah. And uh and hadn't told you, I don't think. Maybe it's the wrong one. Or, oh, are hey, you thinking
2: to... about Corey?
0: Corey, that's the one, yes, Corey know uh, like I yeah. <laughs> oh hey, dinner's dinner's being cooked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that the
2: fire alarm.
0: Yeah. Uh, whenever that's right, you sets, guys have
2: the fire alarm that's very um,
0: sensitive. It's, an, it's a nest. It's a nest, and um, it is very sensitive. And uh, I'm apologizing to everyone listening, but uh, uh, the fish. Uh, it, The fish may be done. Hold on for a second, everyone. Just, just... Ah.
2: Oh, hello out there in Internet land. It seems like the thing to say while we wait for the theoretical not fire to be put out. Kevin's going to find this later. It'll be like a little, find the Easter egg. He probably won't even bother to cut it out. Maybe he will. Sometimes he edits these sorts of things out. Yeah. Anyway, how are you, Internet? It is a weird world.
0: Liz comes downstairs, she's like, is, is it Shep cooking or is it your fault? I'm like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll edit all of the swearing out. But... Um... <laughs> so yeah welcome 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 to the uh to the post pandemic wombat house um we know dinners almost done by the sound of the smoke alarm uh, so anyway are
2: we, we post pandemic or are we mid pandemic
0: and I don't know at this point at this point fair uh, fair yeah the pandemic start and where we are now and what it'll be like when this comes out is also fluid right now it's it's a thing um so you have a new job. You'd gotten settled in. I don't know why I was calling Corey Alicia for whatever reason. Too many, too many names swirling through my head. So uh, I think
2: Alicia's maybe another librarian, and we travel in packs. So, yeah,
0: um, yeah. And I, I've already learned. We've already learned um, the hard way that when librarians are traveling in packs, don't even think about trying to keep up with them when they're drinking.
2: I don't try to keep up with them when they're drinking. I am not a hard-drinking librarian. I got dragged on a uh, librarian pub crawl once, and I went home (laughs) after the first stop. I was like, well, that was an experience that I just had.
0: I I will never uh, forget the experience of being drunk under the table by a pair of possibly octogenarian school librarians in Oklahoma. School librarians have seen
2: it all. Yeah, they have seen it all, and they've yes. cleaned most of it out of the carpet.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair, especially especially public schools, right? So yeah. So all right, so you're a librarian. We got that. Um, ta- give us a little better introduction than we've even bothered to do now, and uh, and a little bit about what you're doing now versus what you were doing. Before, which is uh, at a small rural college library.
3: Right. Oh, so well, sorry. Uh,
0: I'm so sorry,
2: Corey. <laughs> He'll probably forgive you. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Claire A. Miller. I am now a librarian at a mid-sized um, state college in a urban area. Um, okay. It was... So I was one of two librarians. I am now one of 8.5 librarians. So
0: How do you get half a librarian?
2: A, you have a part-time librarian. Actually, we have okay. three part-time librarians, but two halves make a whole and then we have a 0.5 yeah, left okay. over.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah.
2: That's how that works. Um so that was a big change. I went from my official job title being librarian, meaning I mm-hmm. wore all of the hats or approximately half of all the hats, to I am now a um, research and instruction librarian. I have a specific, specific, more specific job title. So that's what I'm doing job wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am continuing to do lots of hobby things. And uh, for the, hey, we all stay at home now and don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I got really um, crazy and started a virtual readers theater, wherein we do uh, readers theater over Zoom almost every week. We've been working our way through Shakespeare and Oscar oh. Wilde and what whatever other public domain plays are not moving super fast.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that's Mostly what I've been up to. Oh, and I just got Animal Crossing's. And frankly, you should feel privileged that I'm here doing an interview and not playing Animal Crossing's because the Switch came in on Monday and today is oh, Wednesday, which means yeah. I've only had it for two days.
0: So yeah, it's three well, now. Yeah, it's it's yeah, and uh, and and you're up to debt in your eyeballs to the to the Tanuki, and uh, i actually yeah. paid
2: off my first home loan. I had some really good luck with fishing, so now I get to take on another one in about three minutes when yeah. we get off this call.
0: When, when we get off yeah. the call, yeah, you'll, you'll get the next one. Uh, and don't worry, the uh, you, you'll also know the intricacies of the stock market, the turnip trading, very soon.
2: Um, yeah, some dear friends got very into it, and um, our are. Sort of guiding me through this process, and they have become stock market billionaires in Animal Crossing, and it's it's a thing.
0: It's kind of hysterical, yeah.
2: It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll we'll get to that on things like rewards and
0: stuff like Um, that. And uh, do you still volunteer a lot?
2: Um, I still volunteer with Big Brothers Big Sisters, but it's Mm -hmm. been complicated and difficult. Um, My little sister. Uh, turned 13 uh, a few months oh. ago. So that's a that's a kind of interesting age. And um, um, she took me moving away very hard. And um, we were doing really well at keeping up by phone at first. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. nobody's been answering the phone at the house. Uh, and she's not returning my calls. So I... Uh, Mm-hmm. it's been difficult. And I'm currently in negotiations with big brothers, big sisters on whether I'm going to, you have to reapply every two years and do another background check and all of that kind of stuff right, uh, right. to keep, keep doing it. So um, it's been a, it's, it's been it's, overall a positive, mm-hmm. but extremely stressful experience. Um, yeah. I think I went into big brothers, big sisters with the sort of, um, focus on the positives and Mm -hmm. thinking about why someone would need an external mentor that wasn't connected to their family or support system Mm -hmm. wasn't really something I did. Uh, And that occasionally was challenging when her family situation got increasingly complicated. So it all, it all affects you as a volunteer, even though you're Mm -hmm. not, Really involved, and there's very little in some ways you can do,
0: yeah, so. yeah, 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 well, I'm sorry, I hit the hit the hit the sore spot in the sad note so early on, um, uh, I hope well, I guess the only, out, way, yeah. from yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the only
2: way from here is up, yeah, the only way from um,
0: here is up, so last time we talked, you had a very, very specific kind of setup, how you kept yourself organized has that changed with a f- more focused job than a generalist thing and how has uh, and if so how
2: <laughs> uh, yeah it's changed uh <laughs> it's changed a lot hmm. but weirdly enough it's not because my well it's a little bit because my job is more focused right um mostly it's because i am now expected to do less work
0: Okay.
2: Um, and that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but remember I said we went from two librarians to eight point five right. librarians. Um, so while the number of students has gone up dramatically, mm-hmm. uh, my previous institution was about four thousand. My current institution is about thirty thousand.
0: Just a small jump.
2: That's Just a small, a small jump. jump. It's a big jump. Yeah. <laughs> But somehow my workload is significantly less. Okay. Um, and I think I discovered one of the downsides of being a productive person that people can count on at my old job. I was at that job for six years. Mm-hmm. And around year two, I became known as somebody who did consistently good work and was dependable and would show up and do stuff. And that meant every time there was a project or an initiative or an event or an outreach thing that needed to be done, I would often get pulled in. Right. And it was all good work and it needed Mm -hmm. to be done. And I was happy to contribute. But when I was listening to episode 133, um, Michelle Wexelblatt. Mm -hmm. Yes when she was saying too much is too much, it was really struck a chord with me because mm-hmm. right around the time I was listening to that episode was the time that I was suddenly noticing that my new job was not more than could ever be done in a single day. Like the, what I needed to get done and what I actually could get done never lined up.
3: Mm. And so
2: the intricacies of the giant stack of post-it notes and huge planner and and intricate time tracking and everything was in some ways a reaction to having too much on my plate right um so the process of leaving my old job was mm-hmm. interesting um because On one hand, it was there was this feeling of relief as things slowly got taken off of my shoulders because I wasn't going to be there to do them anymore. Mm -hmm. But it was also kind of emotional because I worked with a really great group of people and these were projects that I really believed in. Um, Mm -hmm. So having to kind of trust that the project would continue without me or at least being willing to let it go and not know if it would continue or not was sometimes Oh, yeah. Um, But even in the process of applying for jobs, I definitely had a moment where I looked at my planner Mm -hmm. and I looked at what I needed to get done that week. Mm -hmm. And I went, huh, if I get this new job, I won't have to do any of this anymore. And there was this feeling of relief.
0: Yep. uh, I'm actually familiar with that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I thought you might be based on some things you've said before. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Um, so uh, I gave them a very long notice period at my old job, partially because mm-hmm. I actually was offered the job uh, in early December, which, of course, is the wrap-up of the fall term. And right. I basically said, hey, I'm one of two librarians. I cannot leave the other librarian to do the start of spring term solo. That's not
3: no, negotiable.
2: no, no. Mm-hmm. So we negotiated a February start date, and mm-hmm. so I had basically a whole month where um, fall term ended. I was able to get all those term-based projects wrapped up. I was able to wrap up my teaching, and I had a month basically of slowly handing off projects. Right. So the long notice period was really excellent. And mm-hmm. in this case, actually, that huge, intricate, ridiculous planner came in handy because as I, I didn't have to – Remember what projects were still on the boil, Mm -hmm. they were all in my planner. So I was grabbing post it notes and like printing out emails and making little packets to hand over to (laughs) whoever was going to take these things over. But I I had all the documentation and I just was like, oh, I know what this post it note means. Now I need to contextualize it so the next person knows.
3: Exactly. And the,
2: the very last day, the very last thing I handed over was a piece of lined paper with scribbled notes and three post-it notes on it that I hadn't gotten to. And I was just like, Hey boss, sorry, couldn't get to these, but they're pretty self-explanatory. So you can hand them off or take care of them. Here they are. Yeah. So yeah, the the process of transitioning from one job to another um, Uh was fairly painless as far as these things go, but it was a lot of work to kind of hand everything over smoothly. Right. what was not painless was moving.
0: It never is.
2: It never is. But this was, mm-hmm. I have moved many, many, many times at this point. And this was the very worst. Uh, and partially was just a timing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, remember I accepted the job kind of early December, which means mm-hmm. you go straight into the holidays. Right. And... It took a surprisingly long time to find an apartment in the new city. Uh and part of that was sheer um cost of living adjustment shock moving from a very rural oh, yeah. area to an urban center. Um my rent tripled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh yeah. and and I kind of knew it was going to be more expensive moving in, but it was a little bit exciting for a while there. <laughs> So as a result of that, because I was doing the move on the old job's salary.
0: um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So first, last deposit utilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't afford professional movers. Um,
0: (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm familiar with that problem, too.
2: Yeah, so yeah. um I I planned for professional mm-hmm. movers, but with one thing and another it didn't work out that way. So um having so when all my energy was going into apartment hunting and getting mm-hmm. ready to pick up and move, it was not going into packing. It was not going into yeah. triaging stuff. Um and then of course holidays, even though I didn't yeah. do any huge travel or anything, just you know, families and going around seeing everybody and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was that my living situation was changing. Uh, the partner mm-hmm. I cohabitated with and I decohabitated when I moved up. Ah, uh, yes. So, yes, she was also moving, but to a different place. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. So it had, um, some of the elements of a very amiable breakup. <laughs> while at the same time, <laughs> she's trying to <laughs> shove everything you own in boxes. Yeah. It was, yeah. Interesting. So, yes, and then I was still working up until the very end of February. I had mm-hmm. one weekend, and then I started the new job. This was a terrible plan. Dear listeners, please profit by my example. Take at least one week between
0: the two jobs. I have learned that lesson, yes. Well, I have now learned later. it. Yeah.
2: Now learned it. Um, so the entire month of january was spent moving stuff um every weekend i would take multiple one or more loads um it's about 80 miles between my old job and my new job so that's Mm -hmm. you know two hour drive plus traffic oh yeah and uh i was and am incredibly grateful to the amazing number of friends who came up out of the woodwork to help me pack and shove things in boxes and uh, my friend Garrett, who showed up with a giant suburban and trailer that we moved all the furniture in over the course of two weekends. it was wow. um,
0: yeah,
2: pretty amazing. Pretty so good. the very last weekend, there was one load that went in a pickup truck, and mm-hmm. um, that was that was the end of it so and then it was last minute frantic cleaning uh, but it was it was a very rough. Move, um, right, right,
3: right. Because yeah,
2: I was I was working up until the last minute and and then moving. I'm just deeply grateful it was not further away than two hours. Two hours is rough for a move, but if it had been longer, I don't know that I would have survived the moving process.
0: I yeah, um, I'm trying to think. So the last time I did a move that was more than an hour between start and finish of, of like locations was when my ex and I moved back to North Carolina from Queens.
2: Yeah. That have, just sounds yeah, brutal.
0: <laughs> we, we did have professional movers for the trip home. We did not uh, on our initial move up there. So that was, you know, we're going to get everybody together, load up a truck, get rid of what we don't want. or leave it with my roommates at the time and uh, just get in the truck and drive because that's what you had to do. Um, And there was no multiple trips.
2: (laughs) No, no, there couldn't be. I think actually that maybe made it harder is that I could do multiple trips. So because I was so short on time, I didn't triage belongings as I packed. I didn't have the mental brain space for that. So some stuff was really easy to say, yeah, this is not coming with me and got put in a pile um, but I hacked some things knowing that I was going to get rid of something that was in there, but I couldn't make that decision. So that yeah. meant unpacking has also been an exciting adventure
0: uh, Unpacking is always an adventure of discovery, especially when there's a even even a couple weeks gap between I put it in a box and I'm taking it out of the box because everyone says they're going to label their boxes. No one does. At um, some point in the process, you're yeah. just writing miscellaneous shit on the side of the box and shoving <laughs> it in the back of the vehicle.
2: At one point, one of my boxes said, papers, more papers, oh God, there are files. I'm so sorry, future Claire.
0: The, yeah, like, Legitimately, this yeah. is
2: what I wrote on the box because <laughs> I knew I was going to triage them and that they was going to get rid of a lot of them, but couldn't deal with it at the time um, yeah, the other no. trick with being in a job for six years and having one's own office is that you store things in your office because you use them for your job mm-hmm. so that meant i was packing up a house and also an
0: office <laughs> and and that even if you're in a job for a year or less you still accumulate a whole bunch of extra crap for some reason because it's stuff you need at work every day even if it's just like your lunch stuff
2: Yeah, you've got your tea and – well, for me, it was tea and teacups and reference books and, oh, hey, I might as well move these craft supplies because I keep using them for library events. And, oh, hey, I just might as well – and things accumulated. So, um, yeah, there were about 20 file boxes of stuff in the office, which is somewhat ridiculous, but I'm a librarian and books happen.
0: And, well, yeah, I – I wouldn't expect books not to happen. I mean, and did you at least put an apology, sorry, books on the side of the boxes for the people who were helping you carry them? Um, um,
2: actually, so you said people don't label boxes. And this time for moving, I said I'm not going to label boxes, except I did tape colors. I got different colors of masking oh. tape and I taped the corners with the room that the stuff came from and bright oh. screaming yellow was every box of books
0: i i'm that's a actually that's a great thing because that way you just have to buy multicolor tape you don't have to worry about labeling you can just tape the uh, wow okay i i had never thought now, of that now if
2: you label on top of the tape mm-hmm. right so i would Uh, Orange was kitchen stuff. So I've started, like, these are dishes. These are towels. This is um, assorted Tupperware. Um, And then when things got to the point where it was just whatever fit in there, my mother would label it in her very neat handwriting, kitchen stuff assorted whatever fit in this box.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. so but, I mean you, you knew at least yeah. it was kitchen because it was because
2: uh, it tape. had the right color of tape yes yeah. um, and that meant that when things were coming in mm-hmm. in theory things could end up at least close to the right rooms except I was moving from a small apartment to a much smaller apartment
0: yeah, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> so there,
0: too. Um,
2: yeah. Th- there was much furniture there was furniture that was gotten rid of there was uh-huh. stuff that was gotten rid of and at one point, um, there was one of those little narrow aisles where you kind of scooch through to get through mm-hmm. to the next room. Yeah, and at this point, we have walkable paths everywhere, and I am down to my last eight boxes that are not yet unpacked, but they're all difficult boxes, and I'm avoiding them.
0: That's, you know, uh, and that's fine too, because there are there are difficult boxes in my in my attic. Um, some of them, have been difficult boxes Is, is Ursula in earshot no good Some of them have been difficult boxes since we moved From my ex-wife and I Moved from New York to North Carolina Um But I have an attic so it's much easier To shove them in the attic and forget about them Which is something you really shouldn't do But
2: Not not happens. ideal um actually yeah. my father's House is sinking into the ground Because he had been doing that for a long time
3: Ooh. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, Florida, old house. Um, it's yeah. it's legitimately sinking, so they're working on emptying out the attic.
0: Books are heavy. Yeah, books are, yeah, none of it is, is books like that. We, we don't, you come from a long family of book collectors, don't you?
2: <laughs> We've been in academia for many generations.
0: <laughs> so, all right, so... You've had to downsize your living space. You've downsized your planner, obviously, because that's where yeah, this all so, started. Was, yeah.
2: Yeah. This um, is this is where it all started. We went wildly off track as we sometimes do. So I am still yeah. using the emergent task planner. That is okay. my daily to-do list. It's also mm-hmm. now my time tracking because this job has a very different structure of evaluation and reporting. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not quite as bad as lawyers but i do mm-hmm. need to report how many hours each year i spend on certain projects
0: oh state which nobody billing and budgets
2: <laughs> uh well this is actually an institutional thing i don't think it's a statewide thing um or at least i've never encountered it before and i've worked in several of these state institutions here okay. so um So, yes, they want to know how many hours you spent on X type of work. So using the emergent task planner lets me actually keep track of how many hours am I spending on X type of work. And then I prepare my monthly report. And then that all feeds into the yearly report, which we are sneaking up on Um, since I came in halfway through the year. I'm going to have to get it done by the end of June. But, um, yeah, so the emergent task planner is still really important to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I have dumped the paper planner entirely, and now things like appointments and meetings go into Outlook. Um, Mm -hmm. I am still in the Outlook ecosystem, but I uh, broke down and downloaded the Outlook app onto my phone so that I can check my calendar when I'm not at work. I'm working more normal hours, which is nice. I'm no longer working um, noon to nine, which was terrible. Uh yeah, I'm sure it would work for night owls, but I'm not a night owl. I had just been working night shift for at that point 10 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
2: so <laughs> <laughs> no longer than that like 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> so working more normal hours means that the work hours can be for work And after work hours can be for social, and the two don't run into each other as much. So I still keep a Google Mm -hmm. Calendar for my personal stuff, including some shared ones for various purposes. But all of the work stuff goes into Outlook, and it only goes over into Google Calendar if it is, for some reason, going over into um, what would normally not be work time. So, for example... Uh, earlier this week, we did an event that went until 7.30. Well, that had to go on my personal calendar, so I didn't accidentally double book. But otherwise, I just assume that I'm at work from right. more or less 9 to 5, 6, somewhere in there.
0: I actually have, uh, as you might have noticed when you were scheduling, I've, I've changed schedulers. and I'm, By the time you hear this, you'll have heard all about it on episode 150. Um but since I'm not recording that for another 45 minutes or so, you haven't had a chance to hear it at all. Um, uh, but I have—I actually set up a separate calendar called Working Hours and Downtime Hours that is specifically for things like the Doodle calendar schedule I use to schedule these so that, like, if I'm working, um, I can say, okay, this time is blocked off for work this time is blocked off for sleep because I very important. Yeah. I block off the, the, like, I guess from something like 10 PM to 8 AM as this is when I sleep as, as downtime, as don't book anything here or don't let someone book something in there for you. And, and that's, that's really helpful in it because that way, um, since I have a semi public schedule tool that is, as you saw, um, by the way, when when you sign up to get an interview, you get a link to actually schedule things directly on my calendar. Um, <clears throat> uh, the uh, uh, but blocking off when people are are when I'm going to be unavailable, even if it's just for like yes, I'm working, and uh, is really useful. That way, I don't get somebody who's like, well, Here, I'll book this time. It's good for me, except it's 2 a.m. U.S. Eastern uh, because they're in, I don't know, Europe.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that
3: can
0: definitely be a concern. Yeah, maybe not as big a concern for you.
2: No, not as big a concern for me, although um, uh, Eastern versus Pacific time has become a thing. uh, But Mm -hmm. we'll maybe get to that when we talk a little bit more about the Virtual Readers Theater project. So, yeah. Yeah. um, Long-term planning goes into Outlook. Um, right. I have a binder still, but it's a much smaller binder. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have a place for post-it notes that are in progress but not actually scheduled yet, mm-hmm. and that's okay. It's it's only it's two pages as opposed to like six, so it's and it's, I do not fill all of those pages. I and got room um, to grow. It's got room to grow. I hope it does not grow. Um, That's part of (laughs) part of my little project over here is um, saying yes to things very mindfully, or at least trying to, Mm -hmm. um, because too much is too much. And then I have a lot of um, longhand notes and printouts of various things in the same binder because that's kind of my project repository. Um, That was something I did at the last job, and I find it's much easier for me sometimes just to take longhand notes, and I'm never going to get around to typing them up, so they just need to live in one place where I know where they are.
0: Yeah. Nope. I'm I, I am taking longhand notes right now both because trying to take notes on a keyboard while conducting an interview is terrible from a yeah. standpoint, um, but also because it, it cements better in my brain while I'm taking notes, and then I can look at them and go, oh, right, this is um, and I don't have to re-listen to the episode to figure out what something meant. Yeah. Or why I'm referencing a link or something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm still using a ridiculous number of Post-it notes. I'm still mm-hmm. using my multicolor pen, um, and the color coding definitely helps with time tracking. But mm-hmm. overall, my system has gotten a lot simpler.
0: Yeah. Is it still a um, pilot... Uh, high tech C multi pen, uh,
2: it's it's yeah, I, well, it's uh, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, it's still the same one, but I also got haha because you know, why not? Oh. Let's talk about pens briefly. Do we have to, yeah. I, I got this guy, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh it's a uni jet stream, and it's okay. a five. A um, five-pointer, because it has a pencil. I was specifically looking for a pencil tip. So it's got a pencil tip, and then it's got red, green, blue, and black. And it's a different set of colors than my other four-color pen, which is the neon version, which is light blue, pink, purple, and lime green.
0: Because you have to have the... So
2: that gives me me eight colors to work with. And a pencil.
0: And a pencil. Uh, I have, if I can find it, uh, because... I have a pen obsession, but we knew. Oh, yep. There it is. There it is. This is a, it's only three colors. Oops. I'll hold it up so you can see it. This is the Miyazaki Pilot Frisian multicolor pen and pencil. Yeah.
2: All right. So the Frisians and I, I've eyed them with deep suspicion because I live in Florida and I know that when the way they race is through heat.
0: Yeah, but it's all. And
2: <laughs> my car on the inside gets to 130 degrees. Okay, Easy. that would be
0: a problem. That would be a problem, yeah.
2: Yeah, it is, it is very hot in Florida, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of sun, and I um, unfortunately have a dark red car. Yeah.
0: I mean, but with the right stuff, you could put in a different refill because it's all pilot. That's true. Right. That's true. You just need the pilot um, slimline refill, and uh, there
2: we are. But yeah. yeah, the Jetstream and I have been getting along nicely. Um, that's a lovely I, thing.
0: Yeah.
2: It really is. It has a good weight to it. It's it's mm-hmm. got a little more heft, and it's got the wider barrel. It's not. Um, and and I'm noticing that as my uh, as arthritis is coming from my wrist, the wider barrel uh, is really nice. I, really yeah, narrow pens no longer work for me quite right
0: not quite there yet but i can i i can see that coming in my future based on genetics and yeah
2: yeah my my fingers have already started to turn and do the characteristic knuckle tilt and i'm 36 so been, it's well, coming
0: yeah I've been, I've been worrying that's what's happening to my thumb lately this thumb joint has just been sore all the time and stiff and I'm like oh god am I getting arthritis in my left thumb um and it's not like I can just waltz into the doctor's office and say hey can you check to see if I have arthritis right now so
2: not not ideal at the moment one of the many things that are not quite ideal i suppose um yeah i suppose speaking of not ideal so I now work in my living room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It's, um, it's
2: Yeah, so adjustment. I um it 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 has been a terrible adjustment because as I think I mentioned in my first interview, um I have ADHD, which was not uh diagnosed until I was an adult grown. Uh okay. and it is counterindicated for me to do any of the medication, which is very sad. Uh but oh. I'm yeah. No, no medication yeah. for me, Uh counterindicated. but I had a pretty darn good working set of coping mechanisms. Notice the mm-hmm. past tense. Yep. Because as it turns out, a lot of my coping mechanisms for being productive at work were based on going to work. I am now at work. I'm dressed up in work clothes. Mm-hmm. I am now going to sit down at my desk and my computer that are for work. I'm going to grab my binder that is for work. And I will do work things until I leave this place. Right. I now work in my living room.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so that distinction went out the window. Um, also, there were some pretty serious ergonomic issues that had to be solved very creatively. Um, I experimented with new chairs. I got a cushion for the chair I have. I have an old um, library table that I'm using as my desk, which would be fine, except it's too high to type comfortably. So I Mm -hmm. pulled out the front drawer and made (laughs) a little – here, I'll show you, Kevin. I made a little piece of cardboard covered in, um, uh, like, upholstery fabric that sits in the divot of the drawer, which puts it at the right height to keyboard. And that I have an external keyboard.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I have an external
2: keyboard. Yeah, that brings it down. So now I've got a laptop stand that holds the laptop up and mm-hmm. a little weird keyboard tray that I made out of cardboard because when you've moved, you've had lots of cardboard.
0: Oh, you have so much cardboard.
2: So much cardboard. At one point, the back of my car was entirely full of cardboard. And that's been one of the very minor frustrations is I have an entire trunk absolutely jam-packed full of stuff to drop off at a thrift store when they reopen.
0: When they reopen.
2: When they reopen. So, it's been in there for 2 months. Don't know how much longer it'll be there. It'll be fun. Uh so yeah, the the initial first few weeks of working from home was extremely mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Um
0: new routines, new contexts, new No, I get it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and As I mentioned, my living situation changed. So, um, my roommate, who is lovely, Mm -hmm. uh, was working for the first little bit of me being at home, which meant when she Mm -hmm. was at work, that was fine. But then the state shut down. She's a waitress. And so she was at home full time without income, going stir crazy. Yeah. So, eventually, I made a sign. Um, One side says at work, and the other one says. On air mm-hmm. because I do enough video calls that, you know, she needs to know by glancing over into my corner of the living room
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, whether or not I'm interruptible. And um, so the it hangs on the laundry room doors, which form the back of my office nook. And yes. um, that's that's how we live now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been an adjustment. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that has worked is I do not, with the exception of video calls, because this is pretty much the only place where I can have stuff set for video calls, I don't do leisure activities at the desk. Uh, Luckily, I switched over to a laptop so I can take the laptop off and do Mm -hmm. it somewhere else. And that may be the couch on the other side of the same Mm -hmm. nook that my office is in, but it's not my office nook.
0: No, no,
3: no,
2: um, no. Yeah. I also have been listening to a lot of instrumental music. Uh, yep. I got turned oh. on to um, Vince Conaway, who's a hammered dulcimer player who does fabulous hammered dulcimer music, and apparently hammered dulcimer is just really excellent working music for me. Also, the Pyre soundtrack, the video game. I don't know if you're familiar or not, Kevin.
0: I don't know if I I've know not played one. the.
2: Uh, it's from I think Super giant games i'm trying to remember i've never played the game i've heard it's delightful but a friend of mine turned me on to the soundtrack and Um. it has it is one of those rare soundtracks that does not have the ominous boss music (laughs) so i can actually listen through the whole thing on loop and not get the creeping sensation of why is the doom coming towards me which was the downside of video game soundtracks otherwise
0: yeah, yeah even can, if you've
2: never played the game, boss music is boss music is boss music, and you can feel it creeping up behind you so
0: and, and even and music is used to set the tone in games, movies, TV so often that there is almost this, this uh, subconscious reaction when certain kinds of music come up that like, oh shit the bad guys here.
2: Oh, shit, the bad guy's here. So, yeah, I've yeah. um I've had to. New songs with lyrics are really hard for me because my brain will go, oh, look, lyrics I need to pay attention to. Um, and for a while, I made a, a playlist of songs that I recognized enough that I didn't have to pay attention to them. <laughs> but as it turns out, operantly conditioning yourself with pop music is a terrible plan because at one point I was driving on the weekend and one of the songs on that playlist came on and suddenly I was like, okay, I need to turn around and go to work right now. And my car, I guess because I wasn't thinking about it, went to the college without me. Like I was just like, okay, yep. mm-hmm. got to go run some errands. And I end up in the college parking lot because that song is playing. And I was like, okay, well, we need to break that association.
3: That yeah. So yeah, now to, I have a list that, of
2: you know? list of things that I pretty much only listen to while I'm working. And I will try to remember to send you the links to those, um,
0: Kevin. Jeez. Um, I mean, I've got the Pyre soundtrack and, and Vince Conaway here, but, uh, there's, there's so much more. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> if I, if I were to put together like my playlist for, for work, because I, I, most of the time when I'm working, I don't want music. I necessarily have to think about, but for me, that often is music with lyrics. Because, like, you know, uh, uh, music by The Who, I've been listening to my entire life, it feels like, um, most of my conscious life anyway. So, like, Tommy or Quadrophenia or, um, you know, uh, Most Queen, it's just like, yes, that, that is a hindbrain function now. It's there. It's a distraction for the parts that need distraction and the part that needs to be working on things is now working on things.
2: So, and, and maybe, maybe you are not um, prone to operantly conditioning your brain accidentally, but as I discovered, um, true music and I are not, not on good terms for working. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. having a little space that I try to avoid, except for when I am doing work Mm -hmm. helped making the sign actually helped. Um, using headphones if my roommate is home helps because then I can just kind of be like, no, I exist in a little bubble that is my office. Uh, but yeah, working, working suddenly from home has been hard. A lot of my coworkers are like, oh, this is great. I never want to go home again. And I admit, I love the commute. Yeah. (laughs) I like the fact that I don't have to pack a lunch. I just go and make it over there and. There, there are things I like about it, but I do miss having that compartmentalization.
0: I And as someone who's been doing it for nine, ten years now, give or take, um, nine years. Yes, nine years. Um, after a time... You may not want to go back to work and you'll have compartmentalized it such that it's like, oh, yes, work is over there. And now and do I have to go somewhere? Uh, But that may just be my own tendencies. Right. Um,
2: It's possible. Um, uh I guess we're going to see how long this lasts. We know my college at least is classes are online through the end of summer term and they are supposed to in the next couple of weeks decide what to do about fall. Um.
0: Oh, um yeah, my youngest leaves for college in, uh, like he starts in August uh, And we've already been getting the, here's how we're going to do move-in days And I'm like, so you're saying move into the dorms in these windows to minimize contact But at the end of, like, the day, on the final move-in day Everybody's going to be there, and we know how socially distant dorms stay. So, how are we going to? I don't understand. Um, but they're still they're planning right now in-person classes starting in the fall.
2: Yeah, I guess the the thing that my college has going for it is we're not residential
0: um, oh, okay. because. Yeah.
2: We're primarily – we offer some four-year degrees, but we're primarily Mm -hmm. a two-year degree um, granting institution. We don't have dorms, uh, so none of Uh. our students live on campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are some programs that really have suffered not being able to have face-to-face classes. Like our EMT program is basically shut down for the duration because – You can't do simulations online for that. Our nursing program is having similar issues, um, you know, welding and all, all of those other kind of grade school aspects are on hiatus. But the suspicion is that not we're not going to go back to, quote unquote, business as normal come fall. Right. We'll see what yeah. that looks like. Maybe maybe we'll talk again at some point.
0: Yeah, and well, I mean, it's going to be very interesting for everyone, um, especially since the, the college that Jacob got into uh, has a requirement that you live on campus the first year. Mm, and yeah. you are not allowed to have a vehicle you park on campus for the first year. Um, So we'll see how that adjusts as, as it moves forward. Um, That's very interesting. To, yeah, so we'll see. Be glad you're not in a residential college, I guess. <laughs> I I
2: am I'm grateful for that. Um
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of discussions happening in the higher education community right now about all of this and what we do from mm-hmm. here. But yeah. Anyway, with about twelve digressions, I guess that's most of um organized <laughs> and yeah. some of systems and habits. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll do one more brief digression, which is a little bit about uh this virtual readers' theater that I sort of organized yes, on I'm, I'm the spur of a moment
0: fascinated about by this
2: okay so um i I, maybe week two or so i was hanging out online with a friend of mine and we were talking about how not being able to go anywhere or do anything was really annoying and Mm -hmm. what even could you do um and her dad was doing community theater production closed early because of covid so i was like You know, you could do like a reader's theater thing. And I was just talking and I kept talking and it all unspooled before me. I was like, you'd have to do public (laughs) domain stuff, but you could do it Mm -hmm. over Zoom and everybody would just read their parts. No rehearsal costumes if you care about it, but you don't have to costume. I mean, we can just do whatever. We could have spatula wars or something, you know, spatula battles instead of sword battles. and..." And we could record them and we could post it on YouTube so people could watch and maybe this would become a thing. Um, So I said, sure, let's do this. And I um, made a Facebook post and made an event and uh, we did the first act of Midsummer Night's Dream. Had some technical (laughs) problems. Eh. Well, Midsummer Night's Dream is is great, right? It's in the public domain, which is a concern because you can't. If I do a more modern play, I'd have to wrangle rights which costs money, and two, recording rights are very expensive. Performance rights are relatively inexpensive. Yes. But recording rights are ex- phenomenally expensive. Um, so I've been like, okay, public domain, nobody cares what I do with it. So uh, Midsummer Night's Dream is great. It's got a big cast, but a lot of the roles are really small, so people mm-hmm. who were a little unsure about this whole thing could do it. It's a pretty well known play. It's not like, you know, Titus Andronicus or Cymbeline, which most people haven't (laughs) read unless they're really into it. Yeah, there's a whole story about Titus Andronicus, but we're not going to be doing that. And it's a comedy. That was important to me that we do comedies, uh, which is why we've not yet perpetrated Hamlet. uh, So that we would do something light and fluffy and fun. So. Um, yeah, so we use Doodle to do casting. Mm-hmm. It's first come, first served. One, You right. can sign up for one role, and uh, we run it through Zoom. I have an institutional Zoom license through my work,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: nobody's told me I can't use it on the weekends to do theater, so I've been doing that. There you go. <laughs> I figure, you know, Sunday afternoon, no, nobody's using the college Zoom. It's fine.
0: Uh, we actually uh, got explicit permission. Uh, from work to say, if you need to talk to family or whatever, please use the work account. That's awesome. That's
2: okay. Yeah. Yeah, They just haven't told us no. And we're doing theater. I figure that counts as culturally enriching.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, but, you know, when you jump into something like this for the first time, uh. You're making it up as you go along. And so by the time we did our second production, uh, which we do next, I think we did the importance of being earnest, also in the public domain. Uh, So I started making a giant list of all of the things that needed to be done because I was Mm -hmm. trying to organize this. And there are about 15 steps and they're all interdependent. Yes. Let me see if I have. Here it is. Hi, the checklist. So you have to select the show. You have to Mm -hmm. find the script for the show and it has to be publicly accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. You have to have a graphic for the show to promote the show. You have I have a template, which is here's what Zoom Readers Theater is. Here's how to do it. Here's a link to a document called Tips and Tricks for Zoom Theater. Uh, which talks about stuff like connection speed and how to set your settings and what to worry about with your background and do audio checks and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. You have to schedule the dates. You have to set up the Zoom room so that it is available on those specific dates. You have to take the cast list, turn it into a doodle poll, and then after it's cast, you have to take the doodle poll and turn it into a cast list again, Because what is in the doodle poll and what ends up happening in the production are almost always different. Yeah. Then I eventually made a Facebook group to organize all of this. (laughs) You have to put the post in the group. You have to put the event in Facebook. Then I have a whole bunch of people who don't do Facebook. So I have an email list. So everything goes out to the email list. Then there are reminder posts, reminder email, editing of the cast list the day of doing the recording recording downloading the recording uploading the recording to dropbox because um my friend rich was kind enough to volunteer since he was out of work at the time and still is right now uh to do all the video editing uh which means i didn't have to learn how to do video editing which was wonderful
0: there's a reason i do audio only podcasts and don't yeah no
2: video editing is a thing oh yeah yeah uh, so and because at this point, we're doing every show in over two weekends. So there's kind of a part one of that. And then you repeat mm-hmm. all of those steps for week two. And then you send the final video off and he uploads the video and then I just share it out again. But it's it's a huge. It's a big checklist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And around production number three, I started, which was the Tempest. Started getting really kind of burned out on uh-huh. the admin necessary to keep this thing running. So I declared that we were going to take a week off, right. and then people were like, Oh, we really love having something to look forward to every week. So I said, Okay, well, we're going to have a half an hour cast party. You can show up or not if you want. And a small group showed up to the cast party and I was pretty transparent with them. I'm like, "Guys, we're going to have to switch to every other week or like once a month or something because right now I can't can't keep this going at this level."
3: Yeah.
2: And the amazing thing happened where they all went, "Well, can we help?" And because I had the list of exactly everything that needed to be done, I could say not only yes, but yes Here's the list of what needs to be done. Who wants to do what?
0: Uh, yeah. It's just – it's it's so well laid out, templated. You could just say, here's the template.
2: Well, and that way – so I'm still running the show, but now there's a group of now five of us who are mm-hmm. collectively running the show. So running one show, person yeah. – Yeah, is doing like the email and doodle piece, and one person is doing the Facebook piece, and one person is doing the script and image piece, and I'm just sort of running the Zoom and sort of overall making sure all the pieces get done piece.
0: And that's. You're you're the executive with a lot of assistance.
2: I have a lot of assistance. Well, and, (laughs) you know, volunteer theater runs on volunteers, so it's continuing. We uh, just finished up. Um, All's well that ends well, and I got to take on a larger role, which is one of the things I found. Is I was taking on super small roles and not really getting to act because I was so exhausted after doing all the admin.
0: So when are you doing Much Ado About Nothing?
2: Uh, we finished it last week. Okay. Okay. Yep, Much Ado About Nothing was last week, and we're going to go into uh, All's Well That Ends Well, mm-hmm. which is going to be exciting. It's a weird <laughs> play, but. It's a comedy and it's it oh, yeah. is all well all well that ends well. So we'll see what happens. We've got some really amazingly talented actors. Um which is where the time zone stuff comes in because we mm-hmm. um ended up with a bunch of uh West Coast folks. So uh we've got multiple time zones to juggle.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: So uh yeah. yeah, two o'clock in the afternoon Eastern is I guess like ten at their time, so
0: yeah, but yeah, you, and you can't will. start at 9 a.m. because that's 6 a.m. Pacific. And oh no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: But yeah, but, so it's it's working out well, and we have a YouTube mm-hmm. channel where people can watch our theater if they're uh, if they like, and yes. uh, if people are interested and want to join the Facebook group, it's a public group. You're welcome to join in and do some really ridiculous theater.
0: Send me some links, and I will make sure they go in the show notes.
2: Uh, there you go. There you go. I suppose that's a promotion thing, but it's also a big organization thing.
0: It is. It is. And I I think it's important. People often don't understand how much work sometimes goes into these. Right? Um, Yeah. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I do spend for Productivity Alchemy and for Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap, I spend significantly less time editing. Um. Well, for Kevin and Ursley, cheap, I basically throw it into Alphonic, let it level out the sounds, upload it, and say, "Well, you get what you get." Um, <laughs> this this one for productivity alchemy, I'm I'm a little more um, I'm a little better about that. There, there, you know, I I sometimes have to edit for content. I'll be editing for like no one wants to hear me stomp across the house so that I can push the button on the fire alarm that was going off earlier. Um, or, you know, that moment in the middle of an interview when the UPS truck drives off and the dogs lose their minds and go out and, and do... These are all things that get edited out, generally. It's nothing like Hidden Almanac was, though. Yeah. It was, you know, 30 minutes recording um, with probably another 30 to 40 minutes editing plus the time Ursula spent writing the script, plus the post-processing, and then all of that stuff. and And... You're going. Oh, it's a five-minute show. How hard can it be? When you do the five-minute show, you find out how hard it can be. It's even heavily scripted, and a video production is probably four times the amount of time that people are going to uh, spend watching it is spent in doing all of the the pre pre, pre and post production.
2: I guess the good it's thing is yeah. that because we're kind of we're very clear that this is sort of off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be as heavily edited, uh, no. and I basically leave that all in Rich's hands. If he wants <laughs> to edit for, if he wants to edit out the line or the uh, "Hey, you're on mute," he can. But if he doesn't, yep. nobody's going to argue with him because volunteer labor gets to do volunteer level work.
0: Yes, and occasionally, depending on the timing, someone saying "line" in the middle of what might have been an impassioned speech. That's hysterical sometimes. I mean... uh,
2: And and there have definitely been some moments um, where we've left in little bits that go terribly wrong because they're hilarious. Um, But every once in a while, there will be a moment. If you watch Midsummer Night's Dream, there is a moment in the fifth act where (laughs) we all lost it. Now, we're all on (laughs) mute, except for the one guy who's on camera... But we lost it. It was perfect. Amazing comic timing. Yeah. And Rich very carefully added reaction shots all All the way around. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was an immense amount of editing, but he's like, no, it's worth it.
0: Totally worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. So
2: maybe some point we'll do a greatest, we'll do a clip show greatest hits of virtual readers
0: theater. Yeah. And, um, I have to, I have to say, some of the best moments in. This is only vaguely related to Shakespeare, uh, as it were, but uh, some of the the best moments of "To Be or Not to Be," the not just the Mel Brooks version, but the original version, um, are the parts where the person playing the main actor. Why can't I remember his name now? I, I'll remember in half an hour and be screaming it. Um, but Mel Brooks' character in the in the remake the re, his reaction while he's trying to be this actor to everything going on in the like the theater around him is half the fun of that movie so absolutely yeah and if you yeah. haven't seen to be or not to be it's it's worth watching both the the remake as well as the original i was surprised at how good the original was like did mel brooks add to it a little but he didn't add much So Yeah yeah.
2: So Stop I think those are the <laughs> Systems and habits um, I'm mm-hmm. still using Habitica I actually got a guild going um, Or rather a, a venture party Which I was doing yep. it solo last time we talked And mm-hmm. I was inspired so I put out a call On social media said hey You guys anybody want to do Habitica So we um, At it's peak we had 10 members in it and uh number have dropped out for various reasons. We're down to a core group of about five right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really helpful to have external accountability, like a little stressful too, but very mm-hmm. helpful. Um, I had to go into a bunch of physical rehab for some neck issues. And on more than one occasion, I very resentfully got out of bed to do my night rehab because otherwise <laughs> I would kill the party. Right. I would stomp over to grab my exercise band and start doing my exercise. And I'm like, see, see, you're still alive. I must love you all.
0: (laughs) Um, So, um, oh, sorry,
2: I am in the productivity alchemy guild. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes contribute there.
0: Those people can find
2: me there vaguely.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have as much time to spend in there. I sort of come in see if there are interesting comments, make make one or two comments, and then uh, go back out, because I set it up for you guys. Um.
2: Well, and I primarily Habitica on my phone. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get better about logging in on the computer because the interface is so much nicer, especially for, like, pets and items and stuff. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. But the checklist on my phone are kind of, the, the nuts and bolts of it. So yeah. if I don't remember to click over to the guild page, I can't see any of those alerts and I don't think about it.
0: So yeah. No, that's, that's one of the that's downsides
2: fair. of the mobile mobile interfaces. I feel like it, it's, it's better than it was, especially the chat alert feature. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's a little clunky still in some places.
0: Uh, it's hard. Mobile interfaces are hard. Trust me. Um, I believe you. Yeah. Um, you should see the interface I'm trying to build for controlling chicken cam remotely uh, it's it's uh surprisingly easy to wire it all together It's surprisingly hard to make it work well on mobile yeah
2: i i I believe it yeah yeah
0: uh okay, wow, so that covers habits that covers systems that covers how you keep yourself organized um it covers. Uh, um, all sorts of of things. Are you still doing um ten minute pomodors?
2: Um, I do. Are you doing 15... pomodoro at all? 15? Yes, okay, I actually so. have a. I actually have a really terrible kitchen timer sitting here. I just today oh. broke down and ordered a time cube because um, <laughs> yeah, I wanted one, and I decided that um June paycheck. Ex, uh, extravaganza was going to be a uh, laptop dock because mm-hmm. um, I only have three USBs on this particular
3: oh, yeah. laptop
2: and um, with an external keyboard and an external mouse and uh, one flash drive. There you go. That's it. That's all you get. None of my external hard drives plug in and I have to mm-hmm. do fiddly things if I want to run the mic and one of the other things. And it's, Oh yeah. So um, I've decided a laptop dock is where it's at. Also, I won't have to unplug three cords just to pick up my laptop, which will be delightful.
0: So You that's, just have to pick up one. That's yeah.
2: on its way. Yeah, just one. Just yeah. just pick it up. There's a button.
0: Yeah, I have a vertical dock for my work laptop.
2: Oh, that sounds um, so fun. I could not find one for mine.
0: Uh, I think it might
2: be a Mac-specific thing. It is,
0: it is a Mac-specific dock, uh, but as far as cleaning off space – In my work area, it's been invaluable because I have my external keyboard. Yay, it's wireless, and it can talk to multiple devices. So I can push the button, push the button, and there, my trackball and my keyboard are talking to work. And then when I'm done, push the button, push the button, same keyboard and mouse, just slide over to my personal laptop.
2: Yeah, so that's been one of the challenges is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, most higher education organizations work. To put it bluntly, not prepared to work remotely. Nope. So, the most of the people in my library are using our own technology. I am using my personal laptop to do work mm-hmm. on, and it's not ideal for a number of reasons. Right. Um, I guess the good the good reason good thing is because it's my personal device. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't get to install tracking software on it.
0: Right. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: So they just sort of have to trust that I'm doing what I said I was doing, uh, which I am. But, you know, there's none of that weird keyboard tracking stuff. Um, Compartmentalization, I was keeping all the work stuff on a flash drive, but then the USB issue got to be terrible. So now there's just a set folder. Um, Mm -hmm. I use um, uh, bookmark folders Mm because... I can use one, I call it work quick start, and it's all the tabs I need for work. And there's a little option, open all as tabs. So I keep all the work stuff in its own browser window. If I'm using the same browser, but personal stuff is in one window, not personal stuff is in the other window, which means I can close the personal when I'm at work, and I can close the work when I'm not at work.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, now, there there is some not great stuff uh, that I had to do anyway. I had to install um, the library management software here so I can access that. And that's mm-hmm. not ideal because I have access to patron data, which means if I were to be lax with my firewall or my virus settings, I could potentially yeah. have a data breach. Mm-hmm. But This is sort of a needs-must as the devil drives.
0: I have Um, occasionally set up virtual machines, a machine within the machine that says, okay, this is where the secure work terminal lives, and it's encrypted, and then when I turn it off, oof, it's locked, and no one can do anything about it. Um, But it requires uh, a beefy laptop.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not sure my laptop is quite that beefy. I'm I'm really glad I bought a new laptop um, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: about... Eight months ago, I did not buy a top-of-the-line laptop. I bought a top-of-the-line two years ago laptop. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's done done well for me. Yeah. Uh, if I'd been using my ancient desktop, I would be crying right now as we talk because it was getting to the point where loading Minecraft took 30 minutes and cursing.
0: And so you're still playing Minecraft.
2: I am. I um, <laughs> actually have a shared server where I play with some friends, Uh not been playing it as much recently partially i got to a point where so much of my socialization and so much of my work were all on the computer and i really just needed not to be staring at a screen and playing minecraft without sitting at the work desk uh kind of have to like move around and get pillows piled just right so that my arm is at a good angle for the mouse and so mm-hmm. I've been playing that a little less. And now that Animal Crossing has arrived, <laughs> I suspect I will not see Minecraft for a while. But it's something I keep coming back to. It is mm-hmm. it is fun and soothing, and I've built a giant library.
0: It's very nice. And I've heard really good things uh, about the new uh, Minecraft uh, Dungeons, I think it's called. I haven't explored it. Uh, but it's it's like... I've heard it described as a cross between Minecraft and Diablo. It's not as dark and intense as Diablo, but it's a single shot sort of randomly generated RPG, and so it isn't as you have to build everything from scratch as regular Minecraft because it's a set scenario kind of thing. I've heard it's, oh, that's it's kind good of and interesting. relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, and
2: I played a lot of Diablo back in the day, so uh, this this is two great tastes that taste great together.
0: I've been replaying Diablo three occasionally, so I can max out a necromancer.
2: Necromancers are fun. I I played a lot of Diablo two. I haven't played as much Diablo three.
0: Well, when I was like, okay, I finished the game. This is good. I mean, maybe I'll go back and play through it. And then they're like, by the way, there's DLC. And it's a necromancer. And I'm like, so I'm buying the DLC, the new DLC for Diablo 3. And I think I spent like a month or two doing nothing but Diablo 3 after
2: <laughs> Yeah, some of my friends are still really into it, especially with the whole season mm-hmm. challenge rift oh, yeah. thing. Um, it's, it's a little intimidating as somebody who hasn't played in a long time. Uh, I haven't dove back into it yet. But we've changed it again, Kevin.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. It's okay. It's okay. It's late in the day. Um, so uh, we had talked before starting that uh, there, there probably wasn't anything new in the advice category.
2: No, um, but I do want to talk a little bit about how I decide what to do first.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's changed. I bet yeah. that has, has changed significantly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So because my work is less... This needed to be done three days ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that I get to be a little more, little more flexible with what I do. And I, for many years, I'd followed the Jack London quote, which is, um, you cannot wait for inspiration. I'm paraphrasing slightly. You cannot right, wait right. for in- inspiration to arise. You have to go after it with a bat. So in other words, you may not want to do the work, but the work needs to be done. Just, you know, pound it out, even if it kicks and screams. And there is certainly some value to that. I doubt that most of us ever really want to wade through an entire inbox full of work memos. I just I don't think that's a thing people (sighs) want to do. We do it because we are paid to do it. I know. Right. Um, So. But what I have tried to do is I have tried to step away from the idea that I should do the most painful thing first.
0: So you're no longer a swallow frog person.
2: I am no longer swallowing the frog unless it's a really tiny frog. (laughs) Um, If it's a really small frog, I will just get it out of the way. Um, But here's the thing. Jogged Mm -hmm. determination, I'm really good at that. But the feeling Mm -hmm. of I'm excited to work on this project,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. pretty rare. So when I have a feeling like today would be a good day to work on drafting this article or doing this literature review or tackling this tutorial or going through the lib guides and seeing what needs to be updated. If Mm -hmm. I have that feeling today is a good day to do X, then Mm -hmm. that is, barring explosions or meetings, what I'm going to do that day. Um, right. because I can sit there and slog through anything. I'm very good at the kind of going after it with a bat, but having that excitement and privileging that excitement over the slog right, within reason, like the deadlines still have to get met. And if I have the sudden urge to, you know, go after this interesting new project versus finishing the thing that's due at the end of the day. Yeah. okay. I can't can't do that today. But trying to be a little more intentional about not feeling like I have to have everything that is hard done before I do anything fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those uh, coping mechanisms from my childhood gone slightly wry. (laughs) Um, Okay. because I am somewhat um, excitable and easily distractible. Mm-hmm. also ADHD I will get really excited about a new project and I will want to throw myself into it with all of the enthusiasm and hyper focus one could ask for and so learning that dogged determination was very much something I had to work at Right. and I managed to swing too far in the other way it was like oh well if I'm excited about it clearly I cannot work on it until I have eaten my vegetables or whatever Actually, like <laughs> vegetables. bad analogy yeah. You know, scrubbed the toilet. Right? So, trying to balance that out a little more is something I'm working
0: on. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with all of these feelings. Really am. Um, I
2: feel like they're maybe more common than people admit.
0: Probably. And, and I'm not ADHD. I'm not, I, I don't even think necessarily borderline. Um, But these are all sort of common things I've got the new shiny thing And I'm going to go gung-ho Into the new shiny thing And then the next new shiny thing is going to come along It's just that For me the new shiny thing isn't showing up Every 15 minutes Yeah Right And, and that's With Ursula's diagnosis And with Ursula Going on ADHD meds She's allowed to take them Um it's been interesting to sort of analyze and take that apart to say, okay, I am not ADHD, not in the slightest, because none of of her experience or the experience of people I know who, who um have it matches my own like my own experience with I'm distractible. Yes, I'm distractible, but I'm not distractible that way. Yeah, night and day and kind I- of distractible. Yeah.
2: I think there's this definitely a case where there's, there's a, a continuum or spectrum of experiences mm-hmm. um, because one of my very dear friends is ADHD and she can take the meds. Thank goodness because her variety, I, I have said, I'm like, sweetheart, if you're a 10, I'm a three. Cause <laughs> we, we think in similar ways, mm-hmm. but the severity of the impact varies. Right. So at one point I was like, why are there six kitchen towels in your kitchen? Like all six hung up, don't know which ones are clean and which ones are dirty. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, I was putting away the laundry and I and I and and they fell out of the closet and then I couldn't deal with putting them back in the closet. So I grabbed them and brought them into the kitchen because I happened to be coming this way to get a drink of water. I'm like, six times? She goes, over the course of a while. And this is not a train of thought that would occur to me, but apparently to right. her it made perfect sense and i don't want to be judgmental but i do want to point out that you know it's a continuum like you can have the same diagnosis as someone and experience it very differently
0: very differently yeah i mean there's there's enough difference between um uh female versus male presentation of the symptoms um, that ties back into socialization and, uh, behavior as, uh, and behavior training as a child. And I mean, behavior training in that we raise girls and boys differently. So a girl typically ADHD when diagnosed in adult women, um, it's like, oh, you don't seem hyper. No, it's all anxiety because we have been the, because it's girls for the very long time have been trained to sit still and be quiet or yeah, bad. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying that's actually terrible practice. And it, there's a whole bunch that goes into that. Um, but in terms of socialization, so it isn't the, and the reason that often women don't get diagnosed they're adults is because they don't bounce off the walls because they're not allowed to.
2: Or even if you do bounce on th- off the walls, Mm-hmm. I'm old enough that ADHD diagnosis was not really a thing when I was a child. I had all of the characteristic markers that we would now diagnose, right. yeah, including the inability to sit still for more than three minutes, unless I was being read to hyper-focused a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was apparently how my mother got me to sit still ever was she would read to me. And otherwise I was off the walls and running around and, but, you know, grew up in the country. So there were plenty of trees to climb and sheep to bother. And it was great
0: yeah yeah
2: um speaking of anxiety actually i don't think that's something that i brought up in my last interview but um so yeah i definitely add some anxiety as a part of the adhd and since i can't take the adhd meds Mm -hmm. um my psych doctor at the time recommended an alpha stem um this is a it is a medical product. It is available by prescription, and what it does mm-hmm. is it generates artificial alpha wave, alpha brain waves. Um, oh. Because when they did a brain scan, I had exceptionally low alpha
0: waves. Are you okay. familiar with
2: the the brain wave kind of stuff, Kevin?
0: I'm I'm familiar enough. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm going to give the extremely unscientific version that I use. Um, And I'm going to link to scientific
0: stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Probably for the best. Um, So alpha waves are waves that most often occur when you are meditating. That's one way to increase Mm -hmm. them. Um, They're sort of calm, relaxed, organized. Executive function present in the moment waves. Uh, Beta waves are. A lot of kind of background processing stuff. Pretty much everybody has them. It's not a huge deal. Gamma waves are the Hulk. They are the blizzard brain. They would like to smash everything. They're fight, fight or flight. Uh, and then delta waves occur when you're dreaming or in extremely creative people. So when I have my brainstem st- scan thing done, my right. alpha waves were exceptionally low. My beta waves were about normal. My gamma waves were exceptionally high and my delta waves were also high. But as the doctor said, well, you're a creative. That makes sense. Right. Um, So. I. When the doctor says to you, are you sure you've never been arrested for assault? You stop and you think for a minute. Oh, yeah, god, Kevin is yeah. losing it right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, that's oh my god, yeah.
2: So when I say the gamma waves were extremely high, apparently the time she saw readings that high were people who were in for mandated court-ordered therapy. Okay. Yeah. So I I guess the benefits of having learned that that discipline and determination and Um, we do not hit people and we do not throw things and we do not yell at people because socialized (laughs) female means that I had a lot of anger and some of it came out as anxiety and some of it just came out as rogue floating anger. Um, And I didn't realize that that wasn't how everyone's brain worked. Uh, Because when you -hmm. you live in that, it, it seems perfectly normal. So she was like, well, here's a range of treatment options. Here's why the meds are not indicated for you. You can do behavioral conditioning that might eventually retrain your brain, but here's how much that's going to cost. And I went, uh, okay. Or there's this little device that does not actually change your brain waves, but artificially gives you more alpha waves, which may help balance things out. The device is still kind of expensive, but it was much less. And I was like, let's try that one.
0: And it's a one-time purchase.
2: It is a one-time purchase, so they have to keep up with the supplies. But even then, it's not terrible. So um, the first time I used the Alpha Stim. Kevin, have you ever played Silent Hill?
0: I've not played it, but I've certainly heard of it. I've seen videos of it being played. I have not seen the movie. I really have no desire to play it. Uh, That's
2: fair. Um, yeah. It's not my normal taste, but it is an amazing marvel of what it is. The reason I was going to ask is that radio static is a huge deal in this video game, because when the radio static starts is when the monsters are showing up. Okay. And the best way I can say that the Alpha stem affected me is suddenly a staticky radio in the back of my head turned off for the first time in my life. So when Ursula was talking about, you know, how the meds were affecting her, she sort of mentioned something similar to this. Like there had been this busy trap in the back of her mind that was always, always, always running. And suddenly it was much quieter or muted. And I had a similar experience with the alpha stem. It was like this, hiss of background stuff. Not even quite thoughts, but this background hiss suddenly turned off. Interesting. It was really interesting. Um and uh it's been immensely helpful in terms of kind of balancing out how my brain waves are working. Um so I know I very, very rarely have days where you know. You would really like to punch somebody but you were socialized female and we do not punch people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mostly <laughs> current politics <laughs> are taxing that particular coping oh. mechanism.
0: God, oh, I know. I know. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Um so but it's been immensely helpful and I also noticed that my anxiety dropped immensely because the background dream of here's everything you have ever done wrong and everything that everybody could possibly thinking about you that you have ever done wrong or might be doing wrong or what they think you were doing wrong or maybe you did it wrong once and therefore they're sure that you're going to do it wrong again turned off
0: yeah that's that's what happens with my zoloft yeah it's great (laughs) it's amazing Mm
2: -hmm. um So, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful to have it. And that's part of my habits and routines. Now, for a while, I got Mm -hmm. really sloppy about using it Um, and I started to have a lot of trouble coping. And Mm -hmm. so now I actually wake up extra early so that I spend at least half an hour with the little machine clipped in and Mm -hmm. I read or I listen to something or I. This morning, played Animal Crossing.
3: There you go. I'm not
2: shy to admit it, Um, but that is just a little me time, and Mm -hmm. I get the alpha stem on and kind of balance out my brain waves, and the day goes much much better afterwards. And after, yeah, it really is. Um, So, if people can't deal with medication for whatever reason, and some of Mm -hmm. this sounds like something that's happened to you, it's worth talking to your doctor about it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it is a prescription mm-hmm. device, but they're not phenomenally expensive and it made a huge difference for me. I'm not a paid anything. I bought my machine at full cost,
0: et cetera, <laughs> et, cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually fascinating. And, um, and of course when you when you said uh, When you were referencing Silent Hill My brain was thinking about I want to say once upon a time I saw a video Of Silent Hill Footage Set to Oingo Boingo's Insanity Which is uh, already A creepy enough song And then you oh. put all the Silent Hill stuff in it And I'm just like I never need to play this game as long as I live I don't I know that you need to play
2: to. it But mm-hmm. it is It is a thing um, yeah. it's a friend of mine's favorite game, and he once hosted a playthrough, and uh, I made it through by sheer determination and a white knuckled grip on the couch arm. But Uh-oh. it was amazing. I'm glad I did it, but whoo.
0: Yeah, um, Ursula's one of Ursula's comfort games. I don't think it's it's. I don't think she's had needed it as a comfort game in a while. But um, I was uh, Resident Evil Four specifically. Like, for her, this was, like, the best comfort game. I'm like, all right. And I, I know there are people who it's it's Silent Hill. There are some weirdos out there where it's Fatal Frame, which I never, ever need to play. Just watching her play it for a short bit was enough for me to go, I don't need to play that game. Um, I like Sleeping at Night.
2: Sleeping at Night. So, I, I'm a fan as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh. Ernie's losing his mind because it is getting close to hound dinner time. Oh, it's way past hound dinner time, but that's okay. Um,
2: Do we need to pause so you can feed the hounds?
0: I mean, or... <gasps> yeah, I should feed the hounds. Uh, folks, we'll be right back. Just, oh, my God. You'd think we never feed him.
2: Never. Yes, They've never fed the hounds.
0: Dying.
2: Dying. They've fed the hounds. Often. I'm leaving another Easter egg here because Kevin's going to find it when he's editing, and that's hilarious to me. I'm not sure why it's hilarious to me. Maybe because clearly what one does when left alone with a microphone is just talk to fill the silence. We cannot have dead air. I hate doing mic checks, so instead I always recite Jabberwocky. Instead of saying test, one, two, that's boring. But if you recite Jabberwocky, that's at least interesting. It was brillig and the slithy toes to gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borer groves and the momraths raths outgrabe. Beware the Jabberwock, my son, the jaws, that bite, the claws, that catch. Beware the jub-jub bird and shun the frumious band or snatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand, and long-time maxim foe he sought. Till rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. Oh. And as an uffish thought, he stood the Jabberwocky, with eyes aflame, came whiffling through the... Hi, Kevin! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're reciting... I, I came in and there was some peeping, so I don't know. <laughs> um, were you attempting to recite Jabberwocky to the small orange cat on my desk, or...? Um
2: it's entirely possible I was talking to the internet in your absence.
0: that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> uh let's do first da, 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 um failure and success yeah,
2: have so um
0: yeah,
2: I have oh
0: okay. yeah so how you deal with failure missing a goal these days
2: um failure is pretty similar uh one thing i'm doing a lot of is i'm looking at this what is a systemic failure versus what is um this happened because of unavoidable circumstances
3: okay um
2: So sometimes if it relies on somebody else, I can be like, "Okay, next time I'll build in a checkpoint or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes I was working on a project and Mm -hmm. uh, the power went out. And autosave is your friend and mine, but that project needed to be done by the end of the day. And so I sent a text to my boss, hey, power's out at the library, and you're not going to get the thing I was working on. Hopefully it auto-saved, and I'll get it to you tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, some, sometimes it's, it's unavoidable stuff. If, if it's on the work machine, and the work machine mm. is off because the power is off, there's not much that can be done.
0: Not really, no. Mm.
2: So for those kind of things, I've gotten pretty good at not Taking it personally, like it's clearly, nope, I sometimes if it was something I had a long time to work on and I maybe put it off until the last minute, I'll kick myself a little bit, and remind myself that we don't mm-hmm. do that for good reasons. Um, but when it's a system failure, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to spend an hour or two being kind of hard on myself. Um, But, for example, I swapped chat shifts. We staff a cooperative chat desk and I swapped chat Mm -hmm. shifts to to cover for someone who was going to be out. So Mm -hmm. normally my chat shift was at two in the afternoon. This one morning it was at 8 a.m. Guess who slept in that morning?
3: Uh, That would be me.
2: Uh, now, it was on my Outlook calendar, but my Outlook calendar does not make noises on my phone because I can't deal with it making noises on my phone. It is just there in case I want to look at it. So it did not wake me up. And I logged in at 10 o'clock and went.
0: Ugh. Yeah.
2: Luckily, somebody else just happened to be logged in. So there was a librarian there the whole time. And it wasn't like it was the end of the world. But I was still like, Ooh. so now if I have a chat shift that is not my standard chat shift. It goes on the personal calendar and gets an alarm 24 hours before so that I can make sure that my alarm is set right for the morning.
0: I have to do the same thing with my on-call shifts?
2: Yeah, the 24-hour warning for certain things and the week warning for other things has been really Mm -hmm. helpful. Um, Birthdays have a week lead time in my phone. They pop up a week before they actually happen, so I have a few days to get organized. That sort of thing is important for me.
0: Yes, um, and, and I do – I make sure that um, – I have automation now that looks at – because we do everything right now through PagerDuty for on-call shifts, and
3: mm-hmm.
0: I have a job that reads on, on – um, I think it's a, either Zapier or If This than That. I've got one or the other that basically checks that calendar once or twice a day, and when something gets added to it, it emails me. Like we just we're we're just changing the the schedules around because we have to change around how we do things for uh certain environments, and I'm getting like emails that oh hey, you've got a new shift in October. great, I now have emails warning me it's four months away, but that's okay. I know I'll have that shift uh and then I've got also a twenty four hour warning because if I miss an on-call shift and something goes wrong, that is absolutely positively my fault and I can't have it. Yeah. That. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably not that big a deal, but you got to have those reminders so you don't forget.
2: Um, Especially when you have a more consistent pattern and then there's an exception mm-hmm. to the pattern, that's what it, where I find the slippage happens because right. my brain will say, oh, pattern, we're fine. Um, mm-hmm. because I'm trying not to let the anxiety wander about, because mm-hmm. there is still some anxiety. Oh, yeah, yeah. What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? No, your chat shift is at two. We're fine. As it turns out, no, we were not fine. So now there's a 24-hour warning. Yes. Um, yes. But success is more interesting because success is harder.
0: right? It absolutely is. and And that's why it's the happy but difficult question. So absolutely. do you celebrate your successes now? And if so, how? I do. All right.
2: And I'm using Habitica to do it. Okay. Okay, this sounds weird, but hear me out, Kevin. Uh, Yeah, I (laughs) want to hear how you're doing this, yes. (laughs) In Habitica, there is the rewards column, Mm -hmm. which some people use and some people don't. But one of the things you can do is you can add custom rewards. Can. And one of the things that's really hard for me is when I reach a milestone, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So all of the things that I'm like, oh, that would be nice to do at some point. Or, ooh, that's something I really want to get, but it's a little expensive and I'm going to have to save up for it. Or I shouldn't just buy it because I want it right now. Or it feels indulgent to put in a perfume order when we're all, you know, in quarantine. That goes in the rewards column in Habitica. And I tie it to either a specific milestone or just a, hey, you've done a thing, you get a reward. So it serves as the repository of what I want. So, for example, um, the first paycheck of the new job reward was a wobble stool. It's an active sitting chair that I'd wanted for years. Yes. Turns out I don't use it quite as much as I thought I would, but it's still nice to have a change from sitting in a desk chair all the time, and it's a Great core workout. So,
3: there
2: you go. for the first paycheck of the new job, right? That was that was my reward to myself, and it was written down. Yes. Um, I have rewards in there for saving goals. Uh, mm-hmm. For um, let me see what else I have. Hang on, I gotta <laughs> clear out this update because I have a Habitica up, but there are suddenly alerts happening. Um. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yes, I gave myself a pair of leather boots that I had been wanting for getting completely moved out of the old house.
3: There
2: you go, yes. Yep. um, When I reach a certain point in my savings goal, I get to get myself a new set of curtains. Although I might change that out with something else because uh, I just hit that goal and I really don't care that I have old curtains. So... Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, curtains
0: are personal preference. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, and I didn't like the ones I had, but then I um, uh, went on a crafting binge and made some new ones already, Mm. so I didn't have to spend money on them. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, do a passion project, like Mm -hmm. work for X number of hours on Y. Um, Often it is retail therapy, especially things that I really like, but maybe I realize I should not be spending a ton of money on. So I have, like... um, my sister got me turned on to Lime Crime, which is a very fancy makeup company, and uh <laughs> that's that's on my list for when I reach a certain point in um some debt repayment stuff.
0: Oh. Now we're going yep. to infect a whole bunch of listeners with this.
2: I I'm so sorry guys. Um I haven't actually ordered them from, from them yet, but she swears by it that's all she wanted for her birthday. So
0: well, all right then, yeah.
2: It's really pretty lipstick. I'm just gonna say that. Well, uh I also use Habitica to dos for um shopping tracking, which is mm-hmm. also something a little weird. But I've but like type of store, so hardware store and a running list of all the things I need from the hardware store because I mm-hmm. will not remember. I know this about myself. I have a running list for the grocery store, I have a running list for the office supply store, which meant when the printer decided it was out of ink with almost no warning, and I had to do an order of ink to finish mm-hmm. printing stuff. I knew that I also needed to order cardstock and more legal (laughs) pads. It was all, it was on the list. I didn't have to remember it.
0: So yeah, it's, it's all, I guess that's more of
2: a system and habit thing, but it's, It's yeah, I happen to be staring at it right now. Mm
0: -hmm. But you can also like, that also gives you the ability to say, um, you know, okay, uh, now that I've completed this thing, I can add the ice cream to the grocery list.
2: Um, From I don't tend to do,
0: to, to
2: do, I don't tend to add. I don't tend to use food as a motivator for me. It doesn't okay. super work or I'll use it for small things. Like once I finish answering this email, I can go make a cup of tea. Um, okay. I'll use it for really incremental stuff. But one of the things that I'm trying to do is not. buy small quality of life improvements to productivity.
3: Okay. In other yeah, words, no, whether
2: fair. or not I deserve to eat a nice lunch with the fancy cheese is not tied to how much work I got done. Whether or not I get to have a bath at the end of the day is not tied to how much work I got done
0: that's that's very different um, yeah um.
2: yeah and and that was something I used to do a lot of kind of micro rewarding of myself that way mm-hmm. uh, very much it was here is very small thing that I want, but especially when I was in the job where I was never going to catch up with the to-do list. It was hard to feel like accomplishing anything was a victory because there was always more stuff that needed to be done. So, um, I don't, uh, when, when we could be more social, some of the rewards were social, like Mm -hmm. going out for a fancy meal for, Hey, I accepted the new job. Yeah. Um, I'm currently working on an academic journal article about my library's response to uh, the COVID 19 shutdowns,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which has been an immense amount of work. Uh, <laughs> I'd forgotten. <laughs> it had been many years since I wrote my thesis, and I'd forgotten how much work academic writing was and why I was avoiding it, but now I've remembered. Anyway, we're on the home stretch of that. So when we submit it, yep. there will be a small reward. When it goes through peer review, there will be another small review, another small reward. And, but when it gets published, I'm going to hope that we can, like, do some kind of picnic with some of my favorite pe- people, even if we end up, you know, sitting six feet apart out in the middle of nowhere in a field, because social meals are a big thing for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk to Corey. Maybe you can use uh, use their backyard. <laughs> it's just an excellent <laughs>
2: backyard uh she does.
0: yeah i know
2: um so yeah i've i've mm-hmm. started um i've started mm-hmm. kind of tying bigger bigger things mm-hmm. that i might feel a little guilty about doing on the normal t- using them as rewards keeping a running list of things i want to use as rewards because that was always the trick is i'd be like i could reach this milestone well, what do I want to do now? Right. Um, or, you know, what what feels like a reward? Well, um, so and sometimes I'll put a goal that I want that is, um, mm-hmm. you know, specific and measurable and all that good stuff in the reward column. And it doesn't have a reward attached yet. But I know right. that it will, because at some point I'm going to think of something that fits well enough with that
0: right. outcome. And maybe there'll yep. be something you're like, I want, but I don't know what it should be associated with. You can go ahead and put that on there, too.
2: Yep. There's one of those on there right now. So <laughs>
0: um,
2: it, it doesn't have an association. It's a kind of big thing. And I'm like, mm, we'll figure it out. It'll it'll happen at some point.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how I'm doing celebrating my successes. I'm also mm-hmm. doing a fair amount of sharing on social media. Like, when something cool happens mm-hmm. or when I get a big project done, put it down. Um, shared joy is doubled. Uh, I'm a big believer yeah. in that. So, sharing out the good stuff, especially when the world seems content to go to hell in a handbasket.
0: That's why I post a lot of chicken pictures these days.
2: Uh, I, I've started um, I joined Instagram and I've started taking pictures of things I find on my walks recently that has been tiny mushrooms at heroic angles. It makes me happy.
0: And that's a great segue to where can we find more?
2: Where, where can <laughs> uh, well, we let's find see. These things. Uh, so uh, Kevin will have the links. Um, yes. To various things. Uh Social Distancing Virtual Readers Theater is a group on Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel, which I believe is Virtual Readers Theater. We do not have a custom URL yet, but we do show up in a search. If you're going to start with one, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream is really delightful. Have a great deal of fun playing Puck in that show.
0: Uh, That's Um, the best part to play.
2: I I have strong opinions. It's it's really delightful. Um Instagram. What is my Instagram name? I have no idea. I suppose people on productivity could could follow me. You'll probably be sensible folks about it. The fact that Instagram has also become like a dating site is really worrying to me. What? So, Kevin, <laughs> I didn't what? know about this either cuz we're old now. Um But random male humans Mm
0: -hmm. have
2: been sending me, like, hi, I like your smile. Want to chat on Instagram.
0: Oh, that happens on all the social platforms because you're. you're, Posting while female. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah.
2: But um, I also had uh, a random guy stop me in the street to ask me if I had an Instagram and if he could follow me. And I had to ask my roommate, who is younger than I am, exactly what was up with that. So apparently, according to her, there is a continuum of social media sites and um, whether this is like a relationship gambit or a want to hook up for casual stuff gambit.
3: Mm.
2: And uh, it's a it's a whole thing. And I don't know that we, we need to have that digression here, but it was a it was a learning moment for me.
0: I am so glad that my almost fifty-year-old ass does not have to worry about that. Has no. I mean, dating was hard enough before we had all this other stuff. Why? I, why? I, never mind. I don't need to know. I, 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 I pro,
2: to know. well, I needed to know because suddenly it was being thrust in my face. But uh, I didn't particularly want to know myself. So there you go. Yeah, now you fair. get to know that it's a thing.
0: Yeah, all right. Um, we all know it's a thing. So, yeah.
2: Uh, so, yes. Uh, don't, it's do that,
0: don't, don't do that.
2: Don't do that. Please don't. Um, yeah. Also, random messages on Facebook when you don't know the human. Don't do that either. Yeah. Also, leave them pick up lines on YouTube videos. Not cool. We not.
0: No. Well, there's the mistake. You're reading the comments. Never read the comments, especially on YouTube.
2: I now run a YouTube channel for social distancing virtual readers theater. I have to read the comments.
0: No, you don't. Occasionally,
2: I have to delete them.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, no, delegate that for your own sanity. Delegate that. Delegate that. Uh,
2: Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm Claire X Libris. That's C-L-A-I-R-E-X-L-I-B-R-I-S.
0: Oh, so and as your blog. Uh, which still
2: hasn't been posted to. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> it still hasn't happened. It's been two years, Kevin. I haven't posted I think I might have to admit that the blog is dead, or at fair least on not. extended hiatus.
0: Fair. That's fair. I, I am... I am one to talk. I, I have not. I have my own blog that I have not updated in a very long time. And just about the time I think, you know, I could really update that, I realize that I kind of have, but it's all on Twitter. So.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So my Instagram is largely pictures of uh birds and plants and occasional mushrooms and sometimes silly pictures of other things.
0: Um. All right, but yeah, that's mostly... where people can find me. Yeah. I mean mine's mostly chickens when when I bother to post Instagram, so it's fine, yeah, most yeah. Of the time, yeah, so cool, thank you so much for coming back. thanks so much for
2: having me it was yeah. It was good to kind of sit and um reflect a little bit about what's changed and what hasn't changed, and when I realized I hadn't really talked about the alpha sims sim stuff stuff, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, i I kind of want to talk about that because. On the off chance that it's a good fit for someone, I want them to know that that's an option that's available.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, for me. It's actually good prep because um, we're about to record episode 150, which is uh, it's my turn to sit down and answer all the questions.
2: I'm so, excited to hear all about it.
0: Yeah, and um, we'll we'll uh, by the time everyone else hears this, it will have been out for a couple weeks. So all right um
2: well thank you kevin
0: no thank you and anytime just drop a note and we'll do it again right sounds great Uh, and for everybody at home uh we'll be right back after this We've not yet gone out to harvest potatoes uh, because we want to get all the recording done so that when I go out to harvest potatoes, I'm not, like, coming back in going, oh, yeah, I have to record the the ending.
1: Harvesting potatoes in this case is not as physically taxing as harvesting potatoes normally. These are in grow bags, so we just dump them out over a raised bed we wish to put the dirt on and then rake through it looking for potatoes. Yes, but, but it's still hot and humid and sweaty work.
0: You only have, and I only have to move those bins of potatoes. How far?
1: Three or four feet.
0: Three or four feet. Yeah, aren't they over here by the chickens? No,
1: no, not those potatoes. Oh, I need to go yet? It's the grow okay. bags over by the the in the.
0: Uh... Oh, see, I thought you meant the ones over oh, by no, the chickens. No, no, okay. So anyway, uh, there's there's that. Um, also, you know, I have to go spend some time with the chickens. Put them away. Uh, but not for probably another 30 minutes or so. Um, uh, But that's what we're doing. Uh, I want to thank Claire for showing up, for talking with me, for sharing the horrible truth about Instagram dating. (laughs) Um, And also, as ties into our badge code for this week uh talking about the virtual readers theater and so this week's word is virtual theater um all one word and that will get you the badge for that this was week's that theater episode
1: r-e or e r
0: e r are you giving me a look i can't tell
1: no i'm not giving you a look that was a genuine question
0: okay would you have been giving me a look if it had been r e no no
1: you can spell it however you want
0: okay so that's, yeah, that's this week's badge code, all one word, virtual theater. Uh,
1: you can find out about the badges online at the Productivity Alchemy webpage, uh, how to collect them, how to harvest them, how to, okay, harvest may be the wrong word, I don't know, I'm thinking about <laughs> potatoes. Uh, you know, how to do whatever the hell you do with the badge. I don't know. You can yeah. find out how to do it at the Productivity Alchemy website. You can also find out how to become a human sacrifice for Kevin's insatiable maw for interviews. Um, uh,
0: that's not quite how I'd phrase it. Uh, many people the, – the, the first couple people had sent in notes saying, I volunteer for tri- as tribute. And so I, I, I actually have a folder for all of these called tributes. Okay. And that's where I, I – put all of the <laughs> pending interviews while I, I need them for notes yes, and scheduling Yes, if you that. do
1: something that, uh, frankly, you don't even have to consider it fascinating, but you have to be, uh, if you have to be organized for what you do, and... Uh,
0: or even if you don't.
1: Or even if you don't, actually, if you have some system of keeping yourself organized, Uh, even if it's just, I try to remember it in my head, uh, Kevin would probably enjoy talking to you and you would be surprised how many people will probably relate to what you have to say.
0: Yeah. Um, I still, one of the most fascinating interviews I've done to date was a couple weeks ago when I talked to Bo Bolander and the answer to the first three questions was I take, or yeah, the, the first three not what do you do questions were um i take my pill yeah you know and we can
1: see what happened to me yesterday when i didn't take my pill exactly so uh yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's we might find you much more fascinating than you find yourself uh truth so volunteers tribute if mm-hmm. you wish to support us financially we're very flattered uh go give money to a food bank to a bail fund to yes. black lives matter yes to uh again food banks are really really hurting because they need covid relief uh help your neighbors do whatever um we're doing fine mm-hmm. and uh we we'd rather that uh, you do something for the community that needs it than us right now
0: absolutely um if 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 and or when we reach a point where we might need it, we might we'll mention that, yeah, we'll tell you, but for now, there are people who need it much more than we do
1: and also uh, if you really want to, you could go buy my book. It's A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. Yes. By T Kingfisher. Uh you can order direct from the publisher, Argyle Productions. You can uh, find it wherever fine ebooks are sold. It's on all the major platforms except I think Google Play cuz they're weird and uh so weird. You can even order it through indie bookstores because uh it's distributed through Ingram, so if you have a local indie, they can probably help you find it. So Wow. Yeah.
0: Argyle distributes through through Ingram. Ingram, yeah. Yeah, cool.
1: So, uh, yeah, that's, all right. that's, that's yeah, my only plug.
0: So that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for listening to, you know, two hours of this, uh, <laughs> more, I guess, because the interview went long and, uh, with all that's going on, do your best, stay healthy, um, keep yourself safe and, um, you know, do your best to stay productive.
1: Now let's go harvest potatoes.
0: Yes, dear.
1: That's very productive.